Hello, I'm Emma. I'm Antonella. And we are More Than Meets the Eye. And we're here to help you see the world through a more aesthetically pleasing lens. So if you aren't already familiar with us, More Than Meets the Eye is a podcast about aesthetics. We explore the world of aesthetics and what goes into them, including elements of fashion, music, etc. But this week we're doing something a little special. What are we talking about this week, Antonella? Um, This week is a pop culture aesthetic, and we're talking about the Fleetwood Mac album, Rumors. If you could tell me a quick summary of, like, what is Rumors? I mean, it has a pretty significant, you know, pop culture impact. Mm -hmm. Can you give it to me in, like, a quick blurb? Yeah, I'll I'll do my best. Um, It was released in 1977. It's one of the best-selling albums of all time, and it's still incredibly uh, relevant and still talked about today. It um, surrounds the tumultuous relationships between the band members um yeah it's a it's like a staple album of our time of all time of all time (laughs) not really our time i'm a bit young for that infinite i don't know how old you are just kidding i do i know you're a 20th century kid so true yeah it is my time have you had personal experience with this album i feel like um so my my excuse is that i didn't have parents that showed me this album okay um so i want to start off by saying that um i don't know i that's my impression was and i don't think this is totally accurate my impression was that everyone just kind of was like growing up listening to this song the to this album and i just never was never played in the house turns out i do know a lot of the songs from the album just like not knowing that i knew them um i think that's inevitable because they're all like every song is so popular um so they're all kind of individually hits um but yeah so my excuse is that i had parents that checked out of pop culture at this exact (laughs) period of time um they were a little they were a little young probably right 17 and 19 um oh never mind okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they what they tell anytime i ask them about like significant pop culture from that era they're like no we were studying bach (laughs) we were too focused on (laughs) catching up on 200 years worth of music to pay attention to current music so that's my excuse personally for never really knowing too deeply about this album that's also my excuse for why i don't know any movies like old movies either um i just i always assume that people were shown move like a lot of the movies in pop culture when they were children and i just like missed that boat kind of but yeah, I'm I'm envious of people who have like long term experience growing up with this uh this music. Not to say you can't rediscover it as an adult either. So I'm kind of just um Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't really have an excuse. But um Well I feel like a one two things I wanna say to 
like back you up but not the you you're presenting the you that i know is like hey you're very cultured despite what you think your parents have shown you so like you you're well-rounded in the movies that you've seen and the music that you've listened to um and b like all parents kind of show their kids their own stuff so there's definitely like you know my parents showed me a lot of movies but there's a lot of movies out there that like my parents never showed me and like other kids grew up with that I'm like oh I don't really like like I don't have any connection to like Jurassic Park which is like one of those movies that like <laughs> yeah that's one of everybody those. sees as a kid you know and like I never never really watched it Same. which is funny because I went to dinosaur camp so that says something no. oh. oh my god that's incredible I didn't know that existed I would gone I know. Too, if I knew. yeah it was actually it was on Long Island it was I think it was like I don't remember. Oh, I think it was at, like, Suffolk Community College or something. But, yeah. Dinosaur camp. I was literally, like, four, which is crazy. But, yeah. Um, I love that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So, in long story short, I didn't have too much, like, intimate experience or knowledge of, like, this album. Other than, like, hearing the songs. Um, yeah. But, yeah. What about you? Um, It's kind of mixed. So, this also wasn't one of the it wasn't one of the albums that my parents like raised us on but it was one of those albums that were just like i don't know always playing in the background everywhere to me like the particular song i remember from my childhood is like the chain it's like that song like every time it would come on it was like you'd stop everybody would stop talking you just play it really loudly in the car and everyone would sing along and it's like one of those songs i've always known like i don't remember learning about this song i just remember always knowing the chain um i mean for me i knew about stevie nicks before i knew about uh fleetwood mac as well because one of my childhood movies which i think is true for a lot of people was school of rock um, and there's that whole scene where the teacher sings Edge of Seventeen, which is a Stevie Nicks song, um, on top of the table and whatnot, and then, I don't know, like, I, it was just, like, I was so young when I, like, learned about all this that, it, like, to me, it's just, I've just always known that Stevie Nicks was in Fleetwood Mac. So she did Edge of Seventeen, but she also was, like, the, the chain song girl. Anyway, uh, I think the rest of the album, like, came in bits and pieces later like uh one time I just came across like you make love and fun like on my own and like had known it and heard it before but I remember just like I had like like a year ago or something just got like really into that one song which is kind of something that happens with like I feel like older albums like I'll know them and I'll know their songs but like there's moments where I'm like oh no this song is so good but what I really like cherished about doing this and preparing for this episode which was that I got to do something that I don't, I have never really done with this album in particular, which was to like sit down and listen to like song after song after song and kind of like learn about it and like connect the dots of what's happening in the album. Because like you said, each of these songs could be an individual single track and they were like kind of designed to be that way. And I think it like, this was special for me knowing all these songs for my whole life, but not having like a tangible connection to any of them necessarily. But um, getting to kind of, like, really study them was cool. Yeah. And also learning, I feel like their meanings evolve with you over time, I'm sure. Yeah. And oh, definitely. Yeah. That's also something really cool to, like, live with an album for a really long time. Um, yeah. 
this is cheesy, but um, when I, I mean, this is kind of one of the bands that like were just always, like again, not focused on when I was a kid, but like always playing. But a lot of the bands like this, like a lot of their songs are about like love and romance and whatnot. That was just kind of like the seventies in general, mm-hmm. right? I remember being a little kid and being like, <laughs> sorry, it's silly, but being like, Mom, why does everybody sing about love? And my mom said some crazy hippie bullshit, like, because uh, love is the meaning of life or like love makes the world go around or something like really cute like that. But like, I don't know, it just kind of like always made sense to me. I was like, oh, that's why like all this music is like like that and I don't know where I was going with this thought I was going somewhere but um I guess it just kind of like I always oh I know what it was I always understood that like even though like I never experienced like relationship like in the chain or anything I always like understood like how impactful the love and the heartbreak that they were singing about was and I feel like that was never like I understand it in a different way now but I never didn't understand it I guess if that makes sense so let's I guess break down kind of the plot or arc of this album because it's not really like a plot but um, right there is an overall kind of the overall sentiment of this album or um that comes out um listening listening to it in its totality yeah just going back to what I was saying right before this it's just like it it is about love and it's about multiple relationships and it's about multiple stages of multiple relationships right starting right off with like never going back again like that's kind of like about a breakup but it's kind of like a little more of a playful take on a breakup where then dreams is like they're really like accepting heartbreaking take on a breakup but then you have uh christine mcvee's you make love and fun which is about like a new relationship and like it's just so interesting but they're they're all about relationships i don't know but the way i see it like the way it's structured when you look at the album because i was kind of like going through it and thinking about it it's very much like roller coastery like it mm-hmm. goes like more like okay just keep moving to like okay now i'm gonna be sad and so like okay now we're gonna be like really upbeat and really like singing and then like a little slower a little more mellow like it just keeps going back and forth which is like really fascinating way to like go about making an album I guess yeah it's it's not as like um typically structured and like the transitions between the upbeat and the the slow tempo songs um yeah and, and I, some are yeah, yeah sorry no, no no I mean and then lyrically like there's also that contrast between can sound upbeat but also lyrically it's pretty still pretty pessimistic still pretty depressing um yeah and then on top of that there's like a layer of the production amount because again like never going back again is literally just like one guy singing and like a guitar playing and but then you have like the chain which is like guitars bass drums uh, keyboard, like so, like so many elements, tambourine, so many things going into this one song, multiple vocal lines, like it, there's just this album like plays with a lot of contrast, which is really interesting because they have such a specific sound that they're able to pull off so many different like that. that I guess their playfulness really comes from like how they're producing it 
what their lyrics are and like you know whether it's upbeat or whether it's a sad song yeah a lot of a lot of like contrast like dichotomy i guess between two two sides like dark and light and yeah there's there's a lot of that like switching and you have like also two different a dichotomy between like two different views on a relationship ending like the kind of like fuck you side of it but also like the super like you know mourning and longing side to it as well which is fun I I feel like when I this time when I was going through and like learning about the album I was very much connecting the songs to like the different band members um and like I feel like it's easy to go oh Stevie is the sad one she's like dreams and like very sad Lindsay Buckingham, he's like the one who's like the fuck you one, basically. But <laughs> except like then when I think about Stevie and Gold Dust Woman, I'm like, oh no, there's like there's a bite there, you yeah. know, like she's fighting back. And it I guess it doesn't surprise me that Lindsay Buckingham's all of his songs are like very like fuck you because he's like a good guy and that's probably <laughs> he can't like deal with his emotions normally. Yeah. But um, it's. I don't know. Like, I, I love the kind of, like, character that Stevie plays throughout this album. Um, yeah. It's also, like, if you look at the photos that they use for, like, the album art, like, it's it's cute seeing, like, it, it, the two people on the cover are uh, Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood, the drummer. I can't remember his first name. But um, it, you could see that they're kind of being, like, playful with the photo shoot that they're doing and like it's cute and like I I don't know like this album is about the tumultuousness of these relationships and these breakups but there's also a sense of like uh, they're kind of free and above this as well you know yeah there's something I mean there is there has to be like a self-awareness to it obviously because they're they were recording it and performing it together like actively knowing (laughs) what it was all about so there is there is something yeah like a little bit like poking fun at it yeah Um, and I like how you said characters because I guess like it does feel does feel like characters like this feels somewhat more similar to like a musical oh yeah because like you have like these different literally different dynamics between band members and stuff which I feel like that's super unique I don't know like I don't think I can I don't know that many bands but I I can't really recall too many that like have this you know distinct voice of each um each artist um I think most bands I think the standard way is to like approach songs as like a collective and like tell a united story but this these could be you know like singles for each of them um, that was cool. Well, it, yeah, often nowadays too, it's like one person writes the songs, and you get a bassist and a drummer, and, and you're, you're good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like, <laughs> but I, I forgive me, but my, you know, the thing I always return to is like the Beatles are totally like you can tell who writes what song in the Beatles, and it's like that. I think it's just like an older thing, like when you had bands that were more like a combination of a culmination of artists than it than like you know one artist and a couple of musicians like 
the strokes I mean, or something. <laughs> right. Or like even like one of my favorite bands, Arctic Monkeys. Like it's literally Alex Turner and a bunch of guys who are good at yeah. playing instruments, you know? It's and such like, like an early two thousands thing, it has to be. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like just ruined I guess that's kinda of like one of like the loss of the artistic element of music, you know. The reason so many like crazy albums came out of the seventies is because and the sixties is because it was just like this big focus on like art and being an artist when it came to music and it's like I feel like when then we like cor- co- cor- corporatized it yeah is like commodified it commodified it in the 80s it was like goodbye yeah except for this some really good really good 80s some really good 80s I, pop mm, some really good 80s rock <laughs> but uh let's go with the 90s the 90s definitely got commodified mm-hmm. um i'm gonna say strong 90s um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I think the only things I just, like, want to, I mean, I want to, like, focus on the vocals, too, because not only is it, like, different members of the band are writing different songs, and that's important, but it's also, like, they actually, like, three of them, there's three vocalists, you know, there's Lindsey Buckingham, there's Stevie Nicks, there's Christine McVie, and, like, the three of them all have very distinct voices, Mm -hmm. and, like, when you combine them, they sing beautifully together, but it's like, you still can be like, I hear Stevie's harmony, you know? Or like, I hear Christine's uh, melody, like, y- you can still hear it, so it's it's a cool combination that it works so well. Like, it kind of like, I don't know if you read about the history of the band, but it seemed to kind of come about rather randomly, which is interesting. Yeah, no, it's crazy to me that they've had like 10 albums prior yeah. to stevie nicks and Mm -hmm. Lindsay buckingham like that's crazy their signature sound didn't come until like a while later like that's nuts until Um, like right before rumors too which is crazy i mean we talked a lot about like the thematic elements that happen in this um i think one other uh thing i want to bring in is kind of like the magical element of it because obviously it's the 70s obviously they're on a lot of drugs um that's this is not a secret um i actually came up with like a (laughs) a term that i think describes this aesthetic that's kind of going on and i know i want to point out that we we know that they're like technically like it's like half british half american um like mcvee's and and fleetwood they're all from the uk but uh buckingham and nicks are from the u.s but the whole vibe mixed together gives me like an Appalachian mysticism kind of like energy where it's like you got this folkiness and it gives like mountain nature vibes but then it's also like there's magic and it's like I guess like the equivalent in uh in the UK to like Appalachia (laughs) would be like um I can only think of the word travelers, but I, I feel like that that's not the right word anymore. What's the word? Romani? Yes. Like, kind of like a Romani thing. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, that would be like the the British equivalent, I guess. But to me, being like in America, I'm like, Appalachia. Mm. Like, that's the spooky vibe, you know? Yes, definitely spooky. If we yeah. want to get into like the core aesthetic elements i would yeah include that word um a little bohemian yeah definitely bohemian and i feel like um i was definitely 
at first just like really envisioning this kind of like west american west okay. imagery but and you're you're pointing out kind of the more like bohemian like yeah. e- europe uh irish side i'm like yeah i also definitely hear that too because there's kind of yeah. a folkiness to both like just different For aspects sure. to it um yeah. obviously I'm, i feel like i'm probably i'm more we're more exposed to the american kind of folk but right definitely like i mean you thinking like cowboys is that like where you're going like west like cowboys or um i'm like i'm thinking kind of, yeah like kind of like cowboys but like southwest a little bit Yes. Um, no, don't. That's a, that's Appalachia, basically. That's, yeah. That's the same. That so we're on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. No, just like I some, see, some yeah. kind of nature thing happening. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. More more aesthetic elements, colors, things, objects. Um, I'm getting sepia tone. Everything. So like black, white, brown. That's basically all I'm getting. Honestly, like. I think like a dark purple. Yeah. Actually, I'm just about to say purple. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of velvet. That's just like what this album screams to me. It's like a dark purple. Like a dark purple velvet, right? Yeah. yeah. Totally. And like just Stevie Nicks style in general. I know. I want um, her hair, which is so bad because I could never pull it off, but I want it. Oh, and it's so, it's honestly a very relevant style yeah. currently. Like a lot of people have that Stevie Nicks haircut right now. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. She's so cool. I she, I love her style. I didn't realize I loved her style that much until yeah. I started looking at it. And then I was um, like, "Shut it's up!" It's very witchy. So witchy. Very feminine. Yeah. But it still like still has that kind of feminine like, I don't know, yeah, just like. But it's also mystical, fun and playful and like, you know, it's not feminine like oh I'm a skinny like this that. It's like no, I'm like crazy and like. I I feel love very intensely, and I'm like yes, <laughs> mm. like tell us Stevie. Um, also, the it's perfect. The fact that her name is Stevie is just like automatically so cool. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> the coolest name ever. Yeah. like she was just born with that name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rockstar name. Rockstar name. But yeah, I I love her stuff. It's very like, I feel like with doing aesthetics on like older stuff is hard because we immediately have this like perspective this like 20 21st century perspective on it where we're totally. like oh that's the 70s so it's hard to like pull it apart from that um yeah but it's not but disco 70s like go whatever true. the opposite of disco 70s is go there um it's like an evolved hippie from the 60s kind of like grungy yeah bohemian yeah, basically. Oh, the font. But see, so what I think is really interesting about not only, like, the visual aesthetic of, of the, this band and its members and the album, but, like, also, like, the the musical aesthetic of it is that, like, like you were saying, like, we, we look back on it and we're like, oh, it's the 70s. But, like, something that's really interesting that I realize every time I kind of, like, put a microscope onto, like, a time period or, like, anything from the past, like, it's, like, Oh, they were mimicking stuff that was vintage to them at the time, which is so mm-hmm. interesting. Like everything that they're doing, like the the sound of their music, like the way it's like, especially when it's very like bared down and like very bare. Um, it's 
mimicking like old folk, old American folk music or old Celtic folk music. You know, it's mimicking that sound. But we just go like, oh, 70s, because a lot of people were doing that at the time. And a lot of people did that after Fleetwood Mac did it, you know, um, or like the way they're vocalizing. We're like, oh, so 70s. But it's like they're pulling from stuff from the past, modernizing it for that time. And now we're just looking at it and being like, that's old fashioned. But it's it. They were already like modernizing it, I guess. I don't know. It's yeah. fascinating to me. No, it's but. it's interesting to think of it that way. Yeah. Like um and especially I feel like in that that kind of like harmonization is so like classic folk um and like the the more stripped down yeah uh instrumentals too. But then it, it obviously incorporates more like the classic rock elements as well. Totally, but, yeah. But yeah, getting into the kind of production and how that reflects the aesthetic but yeah the production obviously if we want to get into that that kind of the auditory aesthetics of this album yeah um obviously a lot of like folky instrumentation right um you mentioned uh the song never going back which is super stripped down right but also i think secondhand news starts off the album and it's super to me sounds like very very classically kind of folk yeah um and even like that chorus i think he's like kind of just going like he's he's not like saying actual words um feels very folk to me yeah but then we have well dreams and the chain to me are like the most production heavy so like uh, the most like layered instruments, layered vocals, kind of like getting that layered sound, which makes them so like rich. But do we want to start talking about like favorites and, <laughs> and start like playing yeah, tracks? Yeah, you can like drop your your favorites at any any time. Okay, I mean the th- the problem is is that I I still have not chosen a favorite yet because um, I was gonna originally go with "You Make Loving Fun" because that was like the one that like I was like on my own was like, oh, this song is so good. But, like, while I've been listening to this album, I've been, like, totally falling in love with Dreams. And, like, that's kind of, like, winning me over. But then, out of nowhere, like, Gold Dust Woman totally, like, swept me off my feet. And I was like, this is, like, such a... I've never really heard this song, like, that much. And, like, now I'm listening to it. I'm like, wait, this is kind of spooky and fun and cool. And, like, I really like its vibe. Um, so those yes. are kind of like my big three, I guess. Yeah, no, I I love Gold Dust Women because that one's also one where the production's really like crazy, and then really at specific. the end she kind of has like she's kind of like I don't know, sh- like shouting or yeah, like singing at the end or just like a siren. It's it's really cool. Yeah. And there's just a lot of I feel like very like southwestern sounds totally yeah on the album. I mean on that song. Um, that that's the well. one that yeah that's the most like country western kind of one yeah you know? and I just feel like she's like this like woman in the wild west yeah. I don't know, she's like a she's like a spirit cowgirl yeah, yeah. she's <laughs> she's doing crazy things I don't know she's like an outlaw or something totally yeah I love that. and yeah dreams also I feel like I sitting down to listen to it and really appreciate it, it was important. Um, and yeah, the, the production on that is great. And I feel like I actually really, I'm not like big into 
super stripped down kind of music, but I really did like a Never Going Back Again. Yeah. It's um, a great one, yeah. I feel like it's very simple, but it's short. It's like maybe the shortest song on the album, but I don't know. There's something very like. I like a song that's very. That just like is perfectly. All the ends are tied up totally. like just so concise and just like it's simple and perfect and it's very playful too like the guitar itself i feel like it's like it feels like it's like giggling you know it's like do mm. do 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 it's like oh like ha 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 like we're just joking around but then he's kind of saying something like really deep which is like a fun like we were saying like really fun contrast that like happens in a lot of these songs um at least i feel like we talked about gold dust woman enough to like want to play a little bit mm-hmm Definitely. like the good just the guitar and everything i i really like guitar and like i i guess i pay attention to it a lot when i listen to music but i don't really realize that um but uh yeah when i hear like a really good guitar line it just makes me very happy Uh, it's interesting i feel like my i don't really think about like when i think about production now i think about um i don't think about acoustic guitars or right. like instrumentation right like I, th- I think I'm, I'm thinking about like um effects or like digital effects for sure. I guess. for sure yeah so it's interesting to like I guess think about the production skill set for this type of music is like really interesting because you have to like build upon traditional instruments or I sound like they're not like I'm, I'm making it sound like super ancient, but it's <laughs> no, but you, but it's like I mean, it, it's also not done digitally, so it's not like you record yeah. a track and then you click, and you, it's like no, you actually have tapes that you have to overlay, and it's like it does sound ancient. Are you kidding? Like I, I still can't wrap my brain around like physical film. Sometimes I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Double exposure. Like get out, get out of here. Like, but it, it's that's like. It's the original technology, which is interesting. But also, sometimes I just think about it as, like, different technology. Like, I don't think digital is better for a lot of reasons. I just think it's another set of technology. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a different kind of, like, skill set almost. Totally. Um, and, like, approach to the music. Um, yeah, it's so interesting, yeah, to to create, like, a wall of sound with acoustic instrumentation is so I mean I don't know I'm not using any of the proper terminology no yeah I was just gonna say it's not not acoustic (laughs) but but without like I get what you mean like without like electronic they're electric instruments but they're not (laughs) yeah electronic music yeah 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 that's what I mean yeah (laughs) um um, it's it's yeah just so so interesting to like understand how someone does that Um. Yeah. But to be fair, like all that digital stuff, like all those effects, those all come from mimicking like real instruments, which is really interesting. Like every time someone plays, like those layers that we get in digital music now, 
those are all based on like real things you know like real manual sounds so it's like mm-hmm. interesting. cool cool stuff uh cool. <laughs> are there any particular songs that you want to play um i would play never going back again because i was talking about that song mm-hmm. um she broke down dreams because i do want to talk about dreams because yeah it's just so beautiful um i just want to talk about one thing though because every time i hear it i'm like sing it stevie <laughs> i don't know why but <laughs> they sing like the whole like like the whole chorus and then she goes women they will come and every time she goes women i'm like sing it like that is because she barely even sings it which is like hilarious she just like kind of says it to the side and just like women they will come and i'm like like heartbreaking like oh my god um but also to think about like when i started thinking about that i was like she's talking about herself in this relationship but also the possibility of like the guy she was just dating dating other women after her and it's just like I don't know they're so my brain was working over time for that one like lyric and it was really <laughs> beautiful but also the idea that the rain will come and wash it all away and then you'll know and then like you'll get it you'll understand and I was like damn okay yeah no it's a, it's a it's, it's a heart it pulls on the heartstrings um it has, like, the best melody, I think. Oh, my favorite melody in the album. Maybe it's just for me being a kid, but the chain, it just gets me every time. Like, <laughs> especially, like, when it does the switch, the jam switch from, like, the, you know, da 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 Yeah. And then it goes, doom, doom, Yeah, no, that, that's also really big, too. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I feel like I'm even I, recording myself. I initially was like, oh, I think ch- I like chain the chain more than dreams, but re-listening, I think I like dreams more. Yeah. Even though I feel like I heard it so often that I kind of was like desensitized to it, and then I had to kind of like sit with it and be like, oh, okay, this is actually just like really good. Yeah. Um, See, I'm totally the op- it's weird. opposite, which is funny. Like the chain mm. is the one I heard more. And dreams, like I heard, and I was like, "Oh, this is the." I think I always recognize it as the more famous one, but mm-hmm. they're like equal, honestly. Yeah. And then there's landslide, which is not on rumors, but that's the other Stevie song that's very famous. Oh. Wow. So actually, on uh, Spotify, Dreams has one point three billion streams. Yeah. And then the chain has just shy under a, a billion. billion. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, wow, it's so famous. Yeah. <laughs> this album is so famous. Oh, Landslide doesn't even have half a billion. 
Or it has over half a billion. That's crazy. Oh, can we talk about contemporaries? Because I feel like this is yeah. like this is go this for is it. my let's get into <laughs> the contemporaries, the influence. Well, I'm gonna obviously mention our our other boho queen, uh, Kate Bush. Um, just like especially her early stuff. And, like, you were saying, like, it's kind of, like, it's almost theatrical. Like, she is the queen of theatrical music. Like, if you wanted to make a Kate Bush musical, it would be the easiest fucking musical you ever wrote. Because you'd literally just have to write, like, a story. And, like, all of her songs are ready to go. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it gave me very, like, especially, like, uh, her songs, like, Suspended and Gaffa or, like, uh, Withering Heights. Like, those two Kate Bush songs give, like, they could... I mean, they're from the same time as Rumors, so, like, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, but she has that folkiness to her, too. Um, totally. She definitely has that. Yeah. That's, like, the, the key thing, along with her theatrical. Exactly. Her th- um, yes. The first one I thought of was ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. Um, you would... Do you recognize the name? Do you know them? Yes. I do. Okay, okay good, 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 I, good. Yeah. But can't think of a song off the top of my head. You know, Mr. Blue Sky. But, Love so, it. I think the thing to me is, like, the storytellingness of ELO is very similar to me of, like, the storytellingness of Rumors of this album. Yes. Okay. I, I can see that for sure. Because, um, like, well, the mysticalness, you know, it's so mystical, so magic, so, yeah. And just, like, layered production. Totally. It's not just, like, classic rock. It's it's a little bit more. For that. sure. The last one I'm going to shout out is just solo George Harrison. I feel like also very in the same vein. Um, especially, like, more of the Lindsey Buckingham songs. Mm. Um. um, again, just so, just not too familiar with this era of music. Totally fair. Thanks, mom and dad, um, <laughs> for nothing. No! Um, so Not can't really Kelly. contribute. Can't contribute too many meaningful contemporaries. <laughs> um, other than I know that a lot of really popular albums came out that same year, um, which is crazy to think about. Mm, I really, including sorry, yeah, go, go ahead. The Stranger, Billy Joel. Um, See, I was not raised on Billy Joel, so. What? I said I was not raised on Billy Joel, so. Uh, The Animals by, not The Animals, Animals by Pink Floyd. Okay. Um, I know Dark Side of the Moon, not not Animals. I I don't know any of these albums, but I just know their names. So to me, I'm like, that means it's popular. The Clash by The Clash. Okay. But that's punk, so that's. I mean, different worlds, you know? But all happening at once. That's true. I wish I had put more time into kind of coming up with, like, visual artists or, like, movies that I felt like were in the same vein as this. I feel like I want more movies that have this vibe, but there's not many out there. Mm. You know what I mean? Why do I think of, like, Hocus Pocus or something? (laughs) I could see that, but, I see, I want it to be more, like, serious like Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. is too like is yeah no it's like it's, it's not it's not very serious like Practical um, Magic gets us the closest but like 
I still feel like that's too, like, cutesy, you know? Totally. The Exorcist is too modern. Too too Catholic for me. Ooh. For yeah. This. It's hard because... Also, it's funny because you, you try to... Doing an album from this era is like, okay, well, let me watch the music videos. And the music videos are just them performing right. it. Which, in itself, is its own aesthetic, but it's very just, like, 70s. Yeah. Like... There isn't a sort of, like, visual flair totally, yeah. necessarily. Like, you know, I am sure we could really, like, pick it apart. But um, but that's what's so crazy about, like, early bands or early early pop artists, I guess, is, like, the, the slowly the involvement of visuals as, like, the t- as TV becomes important. Yeah. Um, all of that is so crazy to me. Um... You know, like I can't, I can't think of an artist, a pop artist nowadays that doesn't have like really distinct visuals. Like you, it's a requirement. Yeah. Now, but which I mean, I personally love, but these aren't really distinct visuals, though. That's like yeah, the thing is like they're not slacking on the visuals, but it's more that like this is their life. You know, yeah. like this is who they are, <laughs> and like I feel like rather than like it's not a character, yeah. it's not a persona, yeah. it's not, and not a. A concept. Well, it also goes back to the fact that, like, before we commodified being a character and, like, like being a concept, like, I don't know, I was going to be like, oh, look, it'll be weird. Like, it totally wasn't. Like, be, they were so, like, they were given so much shit for, like, being hippies and being, like, on drugs and all that stuff. Obviously, kids don't do drugs. But, um, like... They were experimenting with who they were, and I just feel like um, there was a period between, like, the 60s and the 90s where it was, like, kind of cool to be wacky and, like, try that out. And I just feel like somewhere in the 2010s, we were like, don't have a personality? That's lame. You can't sell that. And, like, I don't know. Makes me sad. But um, I'm just blabbing because I'm a... A uh, sour old grandmother, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. Now that we've explored this album, like more, did you enjoy it? Do you think it's gonna influence you? I feel like it will definitely influence me to kind of to I guess rediscover classics a bit and hit me up got you yeah no open to any sort of suggestions because i feel like it's when you it's hard to with albums that come or media that comes from before you're born to like really experience it in its pureness because at this point like you know 60 years later it's been so it's been interpreted and reinterpreted and talked about and all this stuff that it can be hard to like cancel out the the noise of it so i think you know just enjoying it enjoying classics and like their pure form is maybe something fun to do more um yeah and just appreciate them for like the moment they came out that's another thing is like it's you know, a lot of these things were, were crazy for their time or for their moment, and that doesn't always ring true right. later on. Right. Uh, I always say this album is, is one that, like, still holds up and is, like, just as monumental now. 
so that's like that's rare one um but two also nice to just understand the con the historical context um yeah but i appreciated taking the time to understand it what about you um yeah i mean like i said i kind of spoiled this at the beginning but like i think getting the chance to actually sit down and go through it like mental thought to me i also don't know why but we seem to do this like every season because we very randomly kind of like lay out and plan out the season but sometimes i get to like this point where i'm like i'm like totally feeling a witchy vibe and then randomly we start like list like we're supposed to listen to rumors that week and i'm like this could not have like come at a more perfect time for me to be like so in the right mood like we're in the right mindset to study this album this happens all the time to us like can we read the future like what's going on like what like (laughs) yeah Yeah. especially because i picked this album out and i was totally randomly like i don't know let's do fleetwood mac or something um and just weird but yeah that's kind of like it kind of came at the perfect time where i'm like really feeling the vibes and i like it and i want it and i'm into it so fall vibes fall vibes i know so prematurely on the fall vibes thing i'm not there yet i'm not but it's it's helping me get there i'm i'm like literally like waist deep it's crazy (sighs) i'm on my second like horror-esque book like what book hello um sorry yeah (laughs) but okay do you see the influence of this work like and where do you see it yeah, it's it's funny because I think I'm obviously experiencing artists who have been influenced by Fleetwood Mac versus experiencing Fleetwood Mac first. So it's like funny to like kind of connect the dots, be like, oh, like I I get <laughs> I get that reference now, or I understand the connection. Um, so it's cool to to have that. I was thinking of um, this one of this one folk band first aid kit um they're swedish i believe and they're kind of their visuals are a little bit witchy too um they also have that kind of european folk vibe to them obviously that reminds me of this album specifically um i was also gonna say florence and the machine okay um i think aesthetically Florence reminds me of Stevie Nicks a little bit. For sure. She's definitely influenced by her for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean I and I'm sure she's like I'm sure she's like mentioned it too. Yeah. But um I just think her her kind of like hippiness. Um and also musically, like there she has a lot of like layered instrumentation too. Um kind of a folkiness as well. But I would say visually for sure. And who else was I thinking of? Maybe, like, Mumford and Sons is, like, another kind of, like, more modern, like, multi-instrument artist in recent recent times. I think they're also, like, British or something. Um, I think. Mumford and Sons? Yeah. Really? I think they're, like... Surprising. There's something. Maybe they're Scots. They are they are British. Okay. 
They're from, like, England? They're English? Yes. London? Wow. They're all fake. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're running out of time on this Zoom meeting, so we should wrap it up. But, yeah, what are your... Any other influences you see? Well, modern influences? Um... I mean, like, basically any female singer that's, like, like I, I get, like, especially, like, white female singers, but, like, Lana, Adele, like, all those kind of, like, solo female girlies, like, that are dramatic in, like, their music, but, like, grounded, like, I feel like they give me the same, like, like, they're, they were, they're able to exist because Stevie made it a thing, I guess. Totally. Oh. Uh, yeah. That, that's kind of that's my ending now how about that Someone, let's end yeah. with that alright thank you for listening um, thank you appreciate you uh, thank you to Phineas O'Brien for our theme song thank you to ACAS for hosting us and bye bye bye